I'm Cassidy. I'm Emma. And, and this, this is, is Ain't Doing Right. ADR is a phrase usually reserved for veterinary medicine, but certainly applicable to the world at large. This podcast consists of our opinions on articles and stories collected from the people of the internet, our inboxes, and our everyday lives. These people ain't doing right, and neither are we. shunned himself to the mudroom and I bet he just let dog meat in there and closed the door and he's gonna listen to us and I'm gonna see him on the floor in a second because he gets a kick out of picking on me and I think he wants to hear maybe some spoilers before he listens to the actual episode which actually funnily enough he messaged me today he was listening to one of the episodes and he said p.s. our chickens don't need backpacks they'd make terrible drug birds and I was like, you don't know that. And he was like, uh, yes, I will. How will anyone get the drugs? They are very hard to catch. <laughs> That's fair. And I said that we would have to supply bloobs, blueberries to yeah. the convicts so that they could lure them in to catch them. But that's neither here nor there. Um. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I wonder if the microphone picked that up. <laughs> Came in from outside, opened the door, farted. And then, oh, he's still there. You can hear him. <laughs> God, he. I think he just wants to be a part of it, and you know what? I love him. He's very supportive. Oh, gracious. <laughs> okay, uh, he's gonna be heartbroken if I cut that out. So, episode six, we have made it here. Yeah, it's been a journey. <laughs> it has been a journey, and uh, I don't really have any unfinished business because we've already recorded two episodes today, mm-hmm. and I feel like I've hit on all the things I needed to hit yeah, on then. Okay. So we'll just go right into peculiar news. Do you want to go first or do you want me? I can go first. Okay. So, title is, Woodpecker stash is more than 700 pounds of acorns in-house, pest control company says. This Jeez. is in Washington. How much? 700 pounds? Yeah, 700 pounds. Oh my god. It says, well, it says Washington here, but uh, a woodpecker in California stashed at least 700 pounds of acorns inside the wall of a house, according to a pest control company. Nick's extreme pest control showed, shared five photos of the discovery and the subsequent removal. The images showed a scene that was nuts, with a worker pulling mounds of acorns from the wall. The bird was apparently making holes in the home and then storing the acorns in the walls. The post, post also noted that the worker filled up about eight garbage bags of acorns, which the company says weighs around 700 pounds in total. Oh my god. And it says that it's un- they, quote unreal they've never come across something like this the photos were shared on facebook on january 25th since then the post garnered more than 700 reactions at least 525 shares and plenty of comments i'm sure it's way more than that by now a reaction Um, for each pound of acorns yeah some people expressed concern that the bird lost its stash says that woodpecker will be devastated worked so hard for this fortune and it's all gone like if a millionaire suddenly lost all the money he tirelessly worked for one person wrote Another person shared similar sentiments. I surely pray you gave those nuts back to who put them in there. Maybe someone could build the bird his own bird house where he can store his nuts. The best control company said that acorns had to be thrown out because they were covered in fiberglass and rodent droppings. 
The company also replied to several comments on social media saying the bird put the acorns through the home's chimney stack after making hundreds of holes in the wood siding and getting in through the attic ventilation portholes. Acorns were piled from the lower floor to about 20 foot up into the attic. The company noted. Oh my god. The business also said the people who lived in the home saw little worms coming out of the wall that looked like maggots but were actually a type of mealworm. One commenter noted that woodpeckers eat the worms, which are often found inside the nuts. Some people were curious how it was determined a woodpecker was the culprit. Yes, I was. says there were woodpecker holes all over the house, the business noted in the comments. There were acorns stored all over the siding and trim. The woodpecker completely destroyed the exterior of the house with all the holes everywhere. This bird was crazy. We actually saw him there when we were there putting more in the holes he created. Yeah, they can be uh, aggressive. Well, I wouldn't want to be taking 700 pounds of his stash away from him. I wouldn't either. But there are photos, and we'll post this on... Did you say that people were living there? I no. guess so. That's what I said. How is... Did you know? Is he coming out of... Oh, my God. They cut a hole in the wall. Oh, they cut a hole I in the wall. I guess they cut a hole in the wall. I was like, is it coming out of a heating vent? pouring out of it. How did people live with this and the, the mealworm maggots... Yeah, that's Come terrible. on. Well, I guess that's probably why they called pest control, because yeah. there was worms coming out of the walls, but come on. Yeah. I bet you would have heard a clink. Yeah. Clink. It's crazy. It's insane. That woodpecker, those acorns were enough to f- feed yeah. him and his children and his children's children. Generations. <laughs> yeah. So the, the business also said the people who lived in the home saw little worms coming out of the wall that looked like maggots, but were actually a type of mealworm. So the people lived there. How this did you whole not time? notice? I wonder how long it when took. When the exterior was like destroyed by the woodpecker. Right. Did you just think this was just natural like weathering? I don't know. Of your home? I. <laughs> 20 feet. Yeah. Of acorns. That's. Do you never use your attic I guess? I guess not. You don't go up there for the Christmas decorations and go huh. There's acorns, acorns as far as the eye can see. Oh my gracious. What if you, okay, imagine if you have one of those, like, attics that has the ladder that, like, lifts down from the ceiling. Acorns. Just acorns. Pour from your ceiling. You'd probably be pretty injured. it's like 700 pounds. I mean, I guess that's pretty heavy, but I guess the attic could handle more because you can walk up there, but. Yeah. That's so much acorns. That's a lot of acorns, and he was hard working, and I really want to know how long it took. Tirelessly. I don't know. Tirelessly. Wow. I wonder where he's moved on to. I don't know. He probably, like, did they... I wouldn't be surprised if they had to euthanize him or, like, relocate him or something. Yeah, because he's just going to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I saw this article everywhere that I looked. Really? I'm always surprised that we don't come across the same ones. (sighs) Either, like, Google weird news articles or, like, this one my sister sent me. Or I'll look on, like, Ebounce World, which is, like, I know you're not looking on there. Mm -mm. Unless you happen to come across it by chance. And a couple I found on New York Times, but this one is from the South China Morning Post, and my sister sent it to me. It, she actually originally saw it on an Instagram account called Jerry News, and it was just, like, a picture of this dude and, you know, just a brief synopsis. Like, very, very brief. Mm-hmm. Like, two sentences, and I was like, that's not really enough. But the way we talk about things, maybe it was. <laughs> so, it's Ugandan man with 102 children and 12 wives admits it, he has been irresponsible. That's so many children. Yeah. 
They say it takes a village to raise a child, but in Musa Hasaya Kassara's case, he has produced a family large enough to form a village. The Ugandan man has so many children he can't remember most of their names, and he has been struggling to provide for his vast family that he says includes 12 wives, 102 children, and 578 grandchildren. That's so many people. I don't remember their names either. At first it was a joke, but now it has its problems. The 68-year-old said, who lives in the village of this, I'm sorry about all of the butchering I'm going to do, uh, Bujiza in Butaleha District, a remote rural area of eastern Uganda. Okay. With my health failing and merely two acres of land for such a huge family, <laughs> that's two. Two acres is, is not, it's less than double my yard. Like it's, my yard, like for our whole property is, is an acre close and a quarter. Close to 700 people? Yeah. No. Yeah. Close yeah. to 700 people. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, that's like, <laughs> like, what is the square footage of two acres? I don't know, but if you, like, look, I mean, we're at my yeah. house now, so my whole property is an acre and a quarter. I just wonder, like, what is the, uh, square, like... Like, square footage per, per person? person? Yeah. They're, I don't know, you're gonna have to build up. <laughs> yeah, okay. With my health failing and merely two acres of land for such a huge family, two of my wives left because I could not afford the basics like food, education, and clothing. Hasaya, who is currently unemployed but has become something of a tourist attraction in his village, says his wives now take birth control to stop the family from expanding further. My wives are on contraceptives, but I am not. I don't expect to have more children because I have learned from my irresponsible act of producing so many children that I can't look after. Hasaya- too, too little, too late. Yeah, they're already here, bro. Hasaya's brood lives largely in a rapidly dilapidating house. It's corrugated iron roof rusting away or in about two dozen grass-thatched mud huts nearby. He married his first wife in 1972 at a traditional ceremony where, when they were both about 17 and his first child, Sandra Nabuare, was born a year later. Because we were born, only the two of us, I was advised by my brother, relatives, and friends to marry many wives, to produce many children, and to expand our family heritage. Attracted by his then status as a cattle trader and butcher, Hasaya said villagers would offer their daughter's hand in marriage, even some below the age of 18. Child, mar- man- marriage, child marriage was only banned in Uganda in 1995. Wow. Well, yeah. It's insane. While polygamy is allowed in the East African country, according to certain religious traditions. Here's a quote. I can only remember the name of my first and the last born. Hasaya's 102 children range in age from about 10 to 50, while the youngest wife is aged about 35. The challenge is I can only remember the name of the first and the last born, but some of the children I can't recall their names. (laughs) Some? That's almost all of them, my, my yeah, dude. like, if you're saying... You have 102 children, you can, can only remember, remember two. two. <laughs> yeah, which is, uh, sounds like what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty terrible. It's the mothers who help me to identify them. But Hasaya can't even recall the names of some of his wives and has to consult one of his sons, a 30-year-old primary school teacher who helps run the family's affairs and is one of the few to have received an education. To resolve disputes in such a huge setup, Hasaya says they have monthly family meetings. A local official who oversees, we have more staff meetings than they have family meetings, Mm -hmm. that just dawned on me, 
Um, a local official who oversees the village, and it's a village of about 4,000 people, um, he said that despite the challenges, Hosiah has brought up his children very well, and there had been no cases of theft or fighting, for example. The village's residents are largely peasants involved in small-scale farming of crops such as rice, cassava, coffee, or raising cattle. Many members of the family try to earn money or food by doing chores for their neighbors and spend their days fetching firewood and water, often traveling long distances on foot. And most of them, if you look at the pictures, don't have shoes. Those just, at home... Uh, just make a chain. Just make a... Whatchamacallit. Yeah, like hands around the world. Like, yeah. Yeah. What's not conveyor belt? What am I trying to think of? Assembly line? Assembly line. You could just... From the well to the house? Yeah, an yeah. assembly line with your 600 people. 700 people. Yeah. And it probably would be a lot shorter. Yeah, I mean, what else do they have to do? <laughs> Those at home sit around the grounds. Some women weaving mats or... It says plating here. But that actually means um, braiding. Mm -hmm. While the men play cards under their shelter of a tree. When the midday meal of boiled cassava is ready, Hosiah saunters out of the hut where he spends most of his day and calls out in a commanding voice for the family to line up to eat. But the food is barely enough. We are forced to feed the children once or on a good day twice, said Hosiah's third wife, Sabina. She said if she had known that he had other wives, she would not have agreed to marry him. Even Mm -hmm. when I came... And resigned myself to my fate. He brought the fourth, the fifth, until he reached 12, she added. Two of us wives have already left and another three now live in another town about two kilometers away because of the overcrowding at the homestead. When asked why he thought more of his wives didn't abandon him, Hosiah declared, They all love me. You see, they are happy. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say happy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the pictures... Um, the kids. Because she resigned herself to her fate. Isn't that what she said? Yes. Yeah. Doesn't sound like she's happy to me. In the pictures, like, you can scroll in the pictures, the kids look pretty happy. Like, they, and they're kids. Kids can make something out of nothing, you know? Kids mm-hmm. have imaginations. Kids can have a good time. Yeah. Even if it's really a bad time. And, they, you know, they don't, they're oblivious to these things. But crazy. Yeah. That's so many. That's so many. And... He's not exactly teaching his kids to be responsible if they've multiplied from 102 to almost 600. Yeah. You know? But yeah. So, needless to say, you know, that's not something that would happen here in America, but... No. uh, I just wonder, like, at what point are you like, okay, that's... We're probably... We're good now. We're good now. It wasn't 90. Wasn't 50. Wasn't even 100. Wasn't even 100. Because there was two more after that. Yeah. I feel like I would have hit that limit long, long ago. And so think about this. 12 women birthed these 102 children. Yeah. That's almost 10 children per wife, you know? Now, one of my guilty pleasures is watching Sister Wives. Mm -hmm. I watched it when it first aired back in the day. And now I have access to, like, all the seasons. And I think it's, like, on season 17 or something. Um, I just really enjoy it. I really enjoy it for some reason. I don't know. Just the whole thing is very interesting to me. Um, Oh, it's interesting. Oh, it's interesting. Because I like trash television as well. they don't have quite... They have... I don't remember. One of the wives, there's four in total. One of them only has one daughter because she just couldn't have more kids. They don't know why. Just she... It didn't happen for them. Uh-huh. And then between the other three wives, they have 17 children. Yeah. 17 additional children. That's a lot. And yeah, they said that, you know, they don't even have a very big family for most polygamists. So. Right. 
This, I'm not doing big. that nine mm, times. No. No. Just saying. No, that that sounds terrible. Yeah. I'm, and I don't know, you know, everybody has a different journey. I might not do it any times. I might not do it more than once. You know, I don't know, I I don't know like, know. the average age of his children are. Like, are most of them know. working age? He's 68, and then it said the one kid, I think it was talking about, he was, like, in his 30s. The hmm. school teacher one? Yeah. So, yeah, 30. He's 30. No, 30, just 30. 30. Okay. And he was one of the only... Well, he was one of the few to receive an education, right? So you mm-hmm. would think that he... Was one of the first, you yeah. know? Or maybe he was just one of the smartest. I don't know, but okay. It's too much for me. And I think that that's kind of rude that he swindled uh, yeah. women into marrying him, not knowing not that they were getting him, into yeah. a, a Cause, you know, polygamous on sister wives and everybody. Marriage. I guess different polygamists do differently. But I guess. they all, like, screen any poten- potential wives. But not everyone like All of them? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have there been many interviews? Well, uh, so, like, their fourth one's the, it's been the last one. Apparently yeah. he... A bunch of them left him, right? He only has one now, so really he's a polygamist. Joke's on you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, everybody has left him except for his most recent wife, mm. Robin. Which was the problem, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm in season she 11 wanted, right now. She? Probably. <laughs> I'm in season 11 right now, and at this stage... He still somewhat has all the wives. Like, three of them he still has, like, a pretty strong marriage with. And then the fourth one, his first wife, Mary, she was catfished by a person who was talking to her on the internet and, like, had somewhat an emotional affair with this person. And then he, it ended up being a she, aired all of the dirty laundry, like, all of their messages and stuff, like, released it to the public. Oh, my God. So that was a hot mess, but... That was on purpose. Um, yeah. Catfished him with that intention. Yeah. Um, That's but terrible. Yeah. Yep. But also, eh. But that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that is to say that at least most of them, I would think, are aware that it's polygamy, but I guess it's it's not outlawed in Uganda and mm-hmm. in a lot of places. Actual, like, polygamy is, or I guess... Like, actually marrying like, bi- what legally that? more than one person. I don't know. I don't remember. No, it's not. No. Is it? I don't know. Legally marrying more than one you can't do. So most of them that have, like, the one they actually married, like, they're legal marriage, and then the rest of the marriages are spiritual marriages. Yeah. Just as valid in their eyes as any other marriage. Sure. I mean, they lived this whole life for, what, 11 seasons? More than that. Yeah. Well, right now they're on season 17. Yeah. They're still doing it. Yeah. It's still happening. And the ones have left and they're still doing it? Oh, they're still my like word. they're still participating in the show, but like Christine, yeah, because they need an income. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Christine has moved. She doesn't yeah. even live there anymore. Wow. Well, um, I can't believe it's made it that far. I've never watched it, but I do watch things like I watch trash television. I watch sure. like Love Island. Stuff well, like that. I was yeah. I saw like clips on TikTok and like that sparked my interest again. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't stream like anywhere. No, and that's so what I've seen I on TikTok. Had, I used. Our cable login for the TLC Go app, and mm. that's where I watch it. Okay. When they have up through season sixteen, but I'm yeah. assuming that seventeen's oh, done. It's It'll so post. many seasons. I don't know if I'll ever get into it, but I burned right through it, man. I wasn't watching it for a few months. God. But it's like the only thing that I watch, like in my downtime, like when I go home for lunch, I watch Sister Wives. When mm. I'm folding laundry, I watch Sister Wives. That's yeah. just what I watch. Yeah. 
That's your thing. That's by yourself. Thing. Yeah. I, I've never watched it, but I have seen, like, some, some clips on TikTok, mm-hmm. and one of them, he was, like, giving, this is a tangent, tangent alert, but he's given, like, gifts. He got, like, custom yes. jewelry made They for them. have their own custom jewelry business. Now? They, yeah, it's called My Sister Wife's Closet. They started it. They started it while on Clever. the show, and he, I guess, worked with some of their jewelry designers to design each one of them jewelry. Yeah, I saw that. They were all ugly. Well. Yeah, no, it didn't. <laughs> but anyway, he he did. He like it was like jabs at them almost. Like it was like I made basically what I wanted to, and somehow made it about yeah, you. Yeah, so I didn't. I watched those clips, but I hadn't gotten to that episode yet. But I watched that episode now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Something. It is. Yeah. Okay, well, we're moving on to our next segment, and I don't... We talked about doing sounds in between segments. I don't know that we're going to investigate on that today, because it's already getting late. But Yeah, we might do that in the future, if you guys feel like that's something. When we had heard that from multiple people, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, if that's something you feel is beneficial, then we will work on that at a later date. It's 7 p.m. now. We've spent the majority of the day, the last uh, four and a half hours mm-hmm. uh, recording. Mm-hmm. So, we'll probably worry about that. A day that's not today. Yeah. So, and maybe we'll get to it for some of these episodes. Maybe we won't, but. Yeah. All right. So the next segment is internet mishaps. Mm-hmm. And you can go first because mine's going to be long. Okay. <laughs> um, so I have three shorter ones okay. from com- three different sources. Okay. So first one is from one of our local Excellent Poor Customer Service pages. Um, and it the- is. <laughs> Local, yeah. I tried to find There's stuff two. on there, but I There's know you, two of them. I know. Oh, is there? There's two. I know One's you more active than the other, though. Hunt on there, so I stay I away. Do. I stay yeah. away. So this one says, "For the love of all cars and the customers, is it possible that the shopping plaza replace? I mean, dig up and regrade and pave the entire parking lot over again? There are potholes that reach China in there. <laughs> I swear, my tire fell in one and whacked some person from another country in the head. At this point." <laughs> At this point, a gravel parking lot would be better. I don't think I can return there unless I'm in a side-by-side razor thing. Anyone know who to report the poor conditions to? Two weeks ago, I lost my shoe in this hole. It, it, <laughs> stop it. It's at least three inches deep under that water. There, lucky I didn't break my leg. And then she just posted a picture of her car next to said pothole. I, didn't, I don't have the whole thing. Oh, but dang the, it. It's just a big pothole there. But why do you keep parking next <laughs> to it? I don't know. Park somewhere else. I don't know if it's where you enter or exit the shopping center. I do not know. How'd she lose um, her shoe then? Was she just getting out? I don't know. <laughs> it is not politically correct at one point, that post. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was a doozy. Yeah. That got me. And I, I, I screenshotted that a few weeks ago, like right when she posted it. You can see 12 minutes ago. 12 minutes <laughs> Ago is when it was posted. You've been stalking it. Screenshot. Um, and I haven't like gone back. I didn't have any really comments at the time that I found it, but I screenshotted it and I saved it for a podcast because I was, (laughs) I was like, that's a good one. That was really good. (laughs) Whacked someone from another country and then. (laughs) I was going through and looking at like nail salons and hair salons, trying to find good one star reviews, and I was kind of mostly disappointed. Okay. But this kind of circle back circles back to an episode earlier where we talk about people who comment on Amazon products that they didn't purchase them and don't know. 
yes. about them. Yeah. So I saw one review from a place in New York, and it was a one-star review, and it just says, I have not been to this salon. <laughs> okay. I have Thanks not for been your to help. Salon. So that's what she said, and one person found it helpful. A little thumbs up guy. Yeah. Alright. Okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I've not been to this salon. More. Then how, how, why are you giving them one star? You don't know. Yeah. Alright. Then my last one is from Craigslist, but Reddit. I found it on Reddit from, from, from Craigslist. Okay. And it is Sherpa Pet Carriers. Okay. Okay. One medium, one large Sherpa Pet Carrier. Carrier. $20 each. 30 for the pair. Price is final. Some stupid girl from Wisconsin just tried to lowball me for these. Let me explain something to you. These are... <laughs> Stop it. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> explain it to me. <laughs> it's, the, it's the way they say this crap. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let me explain something to you. These are Sherpas. <laughs> are Sherpas. The best pet carrier you can get. You can't find these anywhere for less than 35 each. And here I am trying to give you two of them for 30 or 20 a piece. These... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't know why. It's so good. Um, <laughs> okay. This is already an amazing deal so don't try to rip me off. Quit being a cheapskate and treat yourself and your pet with a Sherpa carrier. <laughs> treat yourself. Oh, I think we uh, we don't even need to say anything because we just laugh so much. That's so funny. And if you don't think that's funny, I don't like you. <laughs> that was so it was good. Just like if you guys didn't pick it up, Sherpa is capitalized every time. I'm sure gathered yeah. probably. He just doesn't. He doesn't. Capitalize the S at the end of Sherpas. Yeah. But it, the Sherpa is capitalized and it's the lowercase s. These are Sherpas. <laughs> I, I deal with pet carriers every day of my life. I've never heard of this brand, by the way. Well, Sherpa is just a type of, like, sheep's skin. Yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like the brand probably isn't Sherpa, but... It's what it says here. <laughs> and it says make manufacturer Sherpa. Because it has like condition like new. And yeah. like new is all lowercase. Okay. And then we get to make slash manufacture Sherpa. <laughs> <laughs> like why did you low you capitalize all of Sherpa and then all of the condition like new is completely lowercase. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look it up. <laughs> Sherpa carrier. Oh my god. But it just got me. I like it. It got me too, obviously. No, it's a brand. <laughs> it's god. not capitalized though. So he's just really, really passionate yeah. about the cost and the yeah. quality of these. And it just confirmed they are around $30 a piece. It just reminds me of the guy with the Gatorade. My wife hated it. Typical. Typical. <laughs> yeah. Some, <laughs> Some stupid girl from Wisconsin <laughs> just trying to lowball me for these. You'd have to ship them out to Wisconsin. Yeah. Oh my god. Let me god. explain something to you. These are Sherpas. <laughs> he 
There's just so many periods, Who too. Who is that going to hit for? Who's going to be like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, this, sir. This I didn't like, realize. There's no commas. These are all periods. Oh. The only time he uses a comma is quit being a cheapskate and treat yourself and your pet with a Sherpa carrier. <laughs> he should work for them. He feels so passionate. Quit being a cheapskate and treat yourself. <laughs> all right. You have another oh one? That was gosh. good. No, those were the Those are it? Those are the oh, man. I'm sad. <laughs> but I, I really liked them a lot. Yeah, they were good. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Three different, completely, completely different sources, so. Wow. All right. <clears throat> Mine's going to be a doozy. It's going to take a little while. So I, I watched that Fire Festival documentary on Netflix mm-hmm. just to get some, like, background information because I saw that article. And... After I was done with that, a documentary called The Tinder Swindler came up in, like, What to Watch Next. And I watched it, and I took notes, and I'm going to not read them all because it's so long, but I'm going to go over the gist of what happened in this documentary. Because Tinder's a crazy place, and anything could happen, and not only can you get catfished, your whole life could be changed forever, apparently. So, it starts off about a girl named Cecilia. And she is from Norway, and she was living in London. She said, What happened to me felt like a movie, but in the movies there's always bad guys. One little swipe can change your life forever. So Cecilia has been on Tinder for seven years, and she's had 1,024 matches. Holy crap. Yeah, so she's not married. I believe she's in her 30s. Um, And one night, she swiped right on a man named Simon Levive. And at his request, she impulsively went to meet him at his high-end hotel for, like, a quick drink. This conversation turned personal pretty quickly, and he explained to her that he had, you know, a two-year-old daughter that was there with his ex-wife to visit him. They were only supposed to get together for, like, an hour, and I guess the conversation just went so well that he said that he was having to leave that night for a business trip on his private jet, and he invited her to go with him. So she accepted, and... One of his drivers brings her back to her apartment. She packs up her stuff. She goes back to the hotel and they go to the airport. And um, the ex-wife and the daughter join them on the trip, right? So she gets in a car on the way to the airport with the ex-wife and the kid, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. This is the first time meeting this guy. But she just talks about, she talks about how he is such a great guy. He has supported them even though they're not together anymore. And she was just like, wow, like... Where does this guy come from? Like, he's amazing, you know? Um, so a little background story on him. He's the son of a billionaire diamond dealer who the world refers to as the king of diamonds. So he, uh, Simon, um, refers to himself as the prince of diamonds and he is the CEO of LLD Diamonds. So he travels a lot for business. He has a full security staff, including a personal bodyguard, and he's never really in one place for any extended amount of time. So when Cecilia returns home from this trip, she expected, you know, the conversation to fizzle out and it didn't. So he was sending her gifts. He was talking to her, you know, all the time, sending her sweet messages. They met up for visits. He came to her hometown for a Valentine's Day as a surprise and they made it official. Shortly after this, he started talking to her about his lifestyle. You know, he's like, if we're going to be together, you need to know what my life is like. And he didn't want to keep all that hidden so he told her about a big diamond deal worth 70 million dollars that he had to get done and he explained to her that the diamond business was dangerous and that there were always people after him threats coming to him they were becoming more frequent people were sending him bullets funeral flower arrangements all kinds of stuff but he you know he wanted to be with her and he reassured her that things would be fine 
Shortly after he told her about that, the security team let him know that he wasn't safe anymore in London with her and that he needed to leave. After that, she hadn't seen him in a while and she started to get concerned. She didn't know much about what his family was like and what things they could be involved in. So she did some research. She checked his Tinder because she couldn't get in touch with him and she saw that he was in another country. So that means that his profile was active. Mm -hmm. He told her that he hadn't been using it and that it was deleted. He reassured assured her that he only had eyes for her and he asked her to move in with him. He gave her a budget, uh, set her up with a realtor and set her out to choose an apartment. She puts in an offer on one that she really liked and they did like video calls like they looked at the apartments together and after she puts in an offer on that apartment she gets some concerning messages from Simon saying that his bodyguard was attacked by someone who was trying to get to him. And she sends pictures of the bodyguard his name is Peter and he had some pretty bad wounds so due to the security breach he's not able to use any of his credit cards. His security team's afraid that you know, these people are going to be able to track his location if he uses them. So he uses Cecilia's credit card for the next two weeks. He maxes it out, makes a payment on it, sends her a receipt, but he says that the payment will take some time to hit the card, and he asks her to meet him in Amsterdam with some money. He asks her for $25,000. $25,000? $25,000. She takes out a loan for $25,000 and agrees to meet with him. Within hours of meeting up, he gets a call that there's another security breach and he deletes all of his social media accounts and asks her to make hers private so that he can't be found through her. He gets on a flight and he goes to Sweden for security measures. So he keeps contacting Cecilia and telling her that her credit card's being declined in different locations. He's moving around so much, he tells her, because of breaches in security. And she keeps having to call her credit card company to have them approve all these charges. And she's lying and saying, like, yes, I'm there. It's me trying to use the card. Mm -hmm. He just kept telling her he has an entire team of people to look out for. And it can be really expensive. So he asks her to increase her credit limit. And she does. She gets the increase. And she didn't think she would be able to do it because her... She didn't have perfect credit. Mm -hmm. So what he does is he says, give me your passport details and I'm going to add you to the LLD Diamonds Employment Registry. And I'm going to tell them that you're making $94,000 per month. And we're going to tell that, send that paperwork to Amex and they'll increase your credit limit exponentially, right? <clears throat> so it works. She does it and she's not seen him for a while still and she's like, hey, can you meet me in my hometown? She wants him to spend some time with her friends and family and he says he can't. He can't meet her because of security reasons. So he's telling her that he's spending her money on plane tickets for his team and expensive business dinners, right? Because he's trying to close this $70 million deal. He spends $20,000 in three days. And maxes out her credit card again. And then he had her take out a $40,000 loan. And she does. And she said it was like every second or third day and there was a new request. Three more loans worth $50,000 were taken out, etc., etc., etc. The loans continue to pile up. And she ends up racking up a debt of $250,000 for this dude. Gracious. So apparently he says, he goes, I, I wired you. The $250,000, you know, and this was prior to some of these loans being taken out. So it wasn't even like, she, she didn't even have that much debt yet. So he was going to pay her more. So he wire, sends her a receipt where he wires this money to her bank account. Well, it never hits. Surprise, surprise. Mm -hmm. She's like getting panicked. She's like, I have all these. She has nine creditors after her. Nine. And she's like, I need, I can't, I don't make enough money to pay all of this, like, and still sustain myself. Like, I really need the money. What's going on? 
So she goes to meet him in Amsterdam for a check, and he writes her a check that's worth apparently way more than the debt she's in. And, you know, she was happy about that, but Simon was different. He was acting cold. He was not affectionate toward her. And in the beginning, he had always been very affectionate. You know, they were intimate. He was sending her gifts, things like that. And she said that he was different now. She leaves. She goes home. The check never clears. She calls the bank and they just said that they wouldn't process it and they wouldn't tell her why. So she doesn't know what to do. She calls the Amex helpline and they come to talk to her in person. She tells them her story and they ask to see, you know, do you have a picture of him? And they go, oh yeah, that's, that's him. That's the guy. And they're like, what name did he give you? And then they're like, oh yeah, that's one of his many aliases. He does this for a living. So during this time, which you probably already guessed, his Tinder account was active, mm-hmm. and he was had matched with a, another woman. Her name is Pernilla, and she flew out to Amsterdam to meet with him. Sound familiar? And after spending an hour together, they felt like they knew each other for years, and eventually, despite that, they realized that there wasn't much romantic energy between the two of them, so they decided to proceed as friends. They continued to talk throughout all of this stuff with Cecilia which she had no idea about they stay pretty good friends she meets up with him and his new girlfriend Russian model Polina in Greece they basically end up spending the summer together and you know he's booking luxury suites that cost five thousand dollars a night they're going from country to country sightseeing like all these crazy like bucket list things they're doing He's paying for all of it with Cecilia's money. This Pernilla lady, no idea. So after a summer of partying, she goes home. Soon after that, she starts getting calls from Simon. Same kind of thing. He's in a dangerous situation with a diamond Mm -hmm. smuggling case. The police are shutting down all his credit cards. And he sends her pictures of her, his injured bodyguard one night. And she calls him in a panic. Does that Mm -hmm. sound familiar? Yes. And uh, he ends up borrowing $30,000 from her because he had to get to safety and to get his team to safety and she had saved that to buy an apartment she was living with her mom at the time she moved back with her mom so not much time passes where he needs to borrow more money from her and he hasn't paid her back for the original thirty thousand she lets him borrow an additional ten thousand dollars so he tells her that he's gonna send her like he sends her a bank receipt for a transfer of hundred thousand dollars into her account which is way more than she lent him so she's like super grateful right she's Mm -hmm. like oh my god Thank you so much, you know. Let me guess. It never hits. Yeah, it never hits. Imagine that. And so he says he has to fly to meet with the bank to physically sign some of the papers. So she pays for the flights for him and his team to get there. And the money still doesn't come in. He said there's a hold on his account. But he books her a flight so that she can meet up with him. He says he's going to give her a watch. That cost him about $100,000. So it's about the equivalent of the amount of money he was going to give to her. So back to Cecilia, she came to terms with basically the fact that she wasn't going to get her money back and she blocks Simon and he hauls off and calls her mom's house and leaves her some really threatening messages. A quote from one of those messages is, I just want to tell you something, take my advice, just watch out because with every action there will be a reaction. So he's pretty you know, threatening toward her. So she calls the police because he has, you know, remember he has all her passport details and the police kind of brushed her off and she didn't know what to do. So she puts herself in a psychiatric hospital and she's like, who's the chick with the kid? Like, were they lying to her too? Like Mm -hmm. all that stuff is a whole team of people. He had a business partner. She's like, we're all, this whole thing. Like his bodyguard was it all a ruse. 
So she writes to American Express because she needs closure. And they tell her to Google a name and that will lead her to some answers. So she finds out that he did the same thing to three women in Finland and told them that he had various, you know, an arms dealer. He Mm -hmm. told them he was one of them that he was in the Israeli military special forces. He went to prison for it that time. Okay. She said that um, it seemed like he got worse when he got out of prison. So... She decides to contact the biggest newspaper in Norway to tell them her story. And they ask for all of the messages and stuff. They're like, can we have all this information? And they get all the WhatsApp messages, all the phone calls, all of the voice messages, photos, everything. And they find out the names of the women in Finland and they Google them. And one of them was the ex-wife. Mm-hmm. With the kid that was on the plane when they first met. One of the women that put him in jail. So she's like, why would she say he was a great guy? Like, why didn't she warn me? Yeah. So they find out that he's from Israel, Simon, and they go to his mom's house. She claims she hasn't had contact with him since he was 18. That he changed his name. He's been on the run since he was in his teens after he had failed to appear in court for writing fraudulent checks. And then if you backtrack all the flights that... Cecilia paid for you can find that Pernilla was one of the names that was holding one of the boarding passes Mm -hmm. so that the newspaper decides to contact her on Facebook so Pernilla gets this message she has no idea that he's been swindling her too she sends a message to Simon and he's like oh it's my enemy's trying to get information from you so she doesn't believe him she meets up with the journalist and she learns about the reality of the situation she meets Cecilia and she is like the amount of money the $250,000 that you gave him doesn't even come close to adding up to the amount of money he spent that summer that we Mm -hmm. traveled it turns out that it was a Ponzi scheme basically so he was using Cecilia's money to win over Pernilla to get her money and he's been doing this for years using one woman to get to the other to get to the other and just living this life of luxury that he doesn't even deserve so the journalist asked if Pernilla knows how to get to this guy and she was like yeah he booked me a flight to go pick up this watch so she goes she brings the journalist team they take pictures of him he catches them taking pictures of him and he starts freaking out speeds away takes her with him he ends up dropping her off somewhere and she makes it safely home she this is pernilla by the way so she takes that watch to a pawn shop and it is of course it's fake of course so she decides to call him and tell her that she knows everything he threatens her of course they try to make the news story as big as possible and pernilla and cecilia they join forces on this article and it goes viral so Simon was reported to the police in at least seven countries, and now he can't do anything because his face is everywhere, everywhere, right? Meanwhile, a woman named Eileen is scrolling through Instagram when she sees a picture of her boyfriend with the caption, the Tinder swindler. So, she's Simon's current girlfriend. So, she calls him. She's like, what the hell? She's been dating this dude for 14 months. Wow, the that's entire a long time. Yes, the entire time he's seen both of these other women. Mm-hmm. She said some of the photos and videos that she saw online that he sent to Cecilia were exact ones that he sent to her. He said some of the messages were word for word. He took Cecilia to Amsterdam, right, which was Eileen's hometown. And so it was during the exact time that they were 
dating. Both of them were looking for houses to live in with Simon at the exact same time. And when he told her that he had a business deal gone wrong in Munich, he was actually there meeting Pernilla. So he's really good at this. Yeah, he's Um, a genius. Yeah. So she actually ended up lending him money as well. She lent him $140,000. Of course, yeah. So, of course, Simon naturally tells her the articles are fake she knew he was lying she called the cops she said that they said they told her they needed time to build a case but she didn't want to wait so she gets into contact with pernilla so simon now is hiding right and he's unable to meet new women on tinder because his pictures are all over the internet he has nowhere to go to but his current girlfriend aileen who now thinks he's a piece of trash right Mm -hmm. so He's asking her, sell your house, pawn your car, I need money. She says that he's uh, he's about to be homeless is basically what he tells her. And mm-hmm. she comes up with this idea that she's going to swindle him. So she says, all your clothes are designer clothes. You never wear anything that's not designer. Let me meet you, take a bunch of these clothes, and I'll sell them for you. And right before she leaves, she gets a credit card delivered to her with the name David on it. And she knows immediately that it was him. He sent it to that address Mm -hmm. and he's going to change his name so he can continue to do this stuff. So while she was visiting with him, she was trying to get him caught. He had an appointment with a plastic surgeon. He wanted his whole face changed. Wow. And they were like, no, only criminals want that done. So they wouldn't do it for him. Mm -hmm. So he gives her a love letter explaining like, oh, thank you so much for everything you've done. I love you so much. I need more money. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So she takes three suitcases of his clothes back home and she sells all of his clothes on eBay and tells him that she hasn't had luck selling anything. When the documentary was filmed, she was still selling his stuff. Mm-hmm. So after a few weeks, he realized that she was selling stuff and keeping the money and he starts sending her threatening messages. She won't send him money and he doesn't have anywhere to go without being able to meet another person on Tinder. So he starts staying in, like, hostels that cost, like, $12 a night and, like, eating leftovers and mall food courts that people left behind. Mm -hmm. And he keeps in contact with Aileen, and he tells her that he's getting on a flight to go from Prague to Greece, and she immediately contacts the police, and he gets intercepted by Interpol, and they find him, and he's flying under a passport with the fake name of David. So he never actually believed that she was capable of turning him in. Until the documentary came out, I guess. And Pernilla said, well, he did get arrested, so our action had a reaction. No kidding. Um, So he was sentenced to prison for 15 months, and he gets out in five. Since his release, he has launched a website offering business advice for a fee. Sounds just like Billy McFarland. yeah. (laughs) The business partner and bodyguard were never held accountable. The mother of his child, that was the actual mother of his child, she denies any wrongdoing. I don't know. I guess maybe she didn't know she was pregnant when she took him to court. I have no idea. But apparently he currently lives in Israel as a free man. And he no longer appears to have any financial problems. He has gotten back on Tinder. His current girlfriend is an Israeli model. And it is estimated that he has swindled over $10 million from victims all over the world. Cecilia, Pernilla, and Aileen are still paying off all their debts. And he has never been charged with defrauding them. The original girl, Cecilia, is still currently single and still on Tinder looking for love. I feel like I wouldn't go back. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That's insane. That would take a lot less than that Yeah. for me to yeah. not go back. That's yeah. insane. So it was a doozy. I know it was a long one, but... I would 
I just can't fathom taking out a loan for something like that. I mean, he built I such wouldn't. a persona. Yeah, so he spent, so he didn't start asking money for money for a month. Yeah. He, that's what they said anyway. So he yeah. builds this, he makes them fall in love with him. He makes them feel secure. And then he makes them afraid that something's going to happen to him or them. Mm-hmm. Because he's got these people after him. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, and he had nothing to do, by the way, with that diamond. He had, like, photoshopped documents, photoshopped pictures. Yeah, he so, had nothing like, to do with that family. He's crazy smart. Yeah. You have to be to, yeah. to juggle all that. Imagine if he was cop. using that for good. For good, yeah. That's insane. Yeah, but he's been doing it from a young age. I just He just, like, figured out it was an easy way to make money. It while... doesn't feel easy. It doesn't feel easy, but think about it. He can still live this lifestyle while he's trying to swindle the next person. Yeah. It all goes hand in hand. It does go Because he's in able hand. to swindle them because he's rich. Yeah. From the Someone last money. idiot. Yeah. So. That's absolutely bonkers. It is. I just can't ever imagine finding myself in that position. But, you know, I met Steven on Bumble. Mm-hmm. And I, I never made it to Tinder. Mm-hmm. I never made it there. It just had such a stigma that yeah, I... it's probably for the best. ...didn't do it. My... First roommate met her significant other on Tinder. So, I, I don't know. Some people have met their significant others on there and have had very happy relationships that last a long time. And I'm lucky that I met my husband on an internet platform. But yeah. that's that's a horror story. It is. And it, I mean, to each their own. It's just something I never really wanted for myself. Like, mm-hmm. I've known Matt for, you know, over ten years. And we met when I was when I just got out of cosmetology school and we just ended up reconnecting through a odd series of events, but the internet's a scary place and I commend people who have had successful relationships with people that they've met on the internet, but you never know. You literally never know what's going to no, happen. you don't. And so. I was like so careful when I went on my first date with Steven. Oh, I'm like, sure. I was super careful. Everybody knew where I was. Everybody like had my location. I had... I wonder if he had a gun in his pocket that day. Probably. <laughs> um, I had, like, uh, a knife and pepper spray on me. Like, I was ready yeah. for whatever. Yes, yeah. it was a random guy from the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it worked out fine. Where'd but... you meet? Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel was yeah, our first date. That's what I thought. Yep. Cracker Barrel. But, yeah, it can go so, so wrong. Yeah. Imagine if you had to fight him off with a knife in the Cracker Barrel. I'm... Fast and strong. I'm Do you think fast, you would sit down and finish your biscuits afterwards? Maybe. Right. Biscuits. Just are asking. Good. Yeah, they are. Good I like the Cracker Barrel. Matt has heats the Cracker Barrel, and I, I love the Cracker Barrel. It is our road trip, and it has been like for my family in my entire life. It's we yeah. stop there on road trips. They're far away, and I. Uh, I wish we had one closer. I know, Matt. I love them so much. Matt won't go, so no. Stephen loves them too. Obviously, this is why our first date was there. Right. Alright, so, where are we at? <laughs> Am I the asshole is the next segment. Yeah, alright. Am I the asshole? <laughs> Am I the asshole for drawing, and I'm going to change some of the obscenities. Okay. Or not use them. Um, Am I the asshole for drawing penis graffiti around a pothole? Okay. My mom lives in our old house, and since my father passed away, she expects me to help her take care of it. Not a problem. I have a great job, and they paid for my education. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be where I am. But I am not a handy person. What I have is a group of friends who include several useful trades. For example, my best friend is an electrician and she is married to a plumber. 
In return for my friend's help, I do a fair bit of professional work for them. However, some stuff just isn't in their scope. There was a pothole in the road in front of my mom's house and she couldn't get the city to fix it. I tried explaining that the city has lots of potholes to deal with and that I'm not Ron Swanson. <laughs> she said that my father had fixed the pothole before. I tried hiring a contractor to fix it, but they can't do private work on public property. Then I remembered a news article I read in some town in England where a guy went around drawing penises in potholes. My father had a lot of spray paint in the garage, so I grabbed some and went out and drew a masterpiece. Very veiny and everything. <laughs> it made local news. The city fixed it within a week. My mom was mortified. She said that I am an immature criminal and that she is embarrassed to think her child would do such a thing. My sister called me up from her house to tell me off as well. Then she texted me thank you because she was tired of hearing about the pothole too. So my mom is upset with me for not handling it in a mature and responsible way. I'm not a pothole guy. <laughs> I tried dealing with the, the city and I tried paying for it to get fixed. I just wanted to stop hearing about it. I think she should be happy that the pothole is fixed. Am I the asshole for using the prudes in my city to get expedited public works attention? I don't know, man. That one's tough. You know what I think? Hmm. No. I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't think you're it's a jerk. the only way he was going to get it done. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like it was his first go-to. No. He tried other things. The city yeah. wouldn't fix it. Not surprising. I already know that private contractors can't work on Correct. public access you know, I mean, properties. was it public knowledge that he did it? I don't know. It doesn't sound like it. Like, I think it he would have gotten in trouble. Knowledge, then who cares? Right. Yeah, I would think got, he got in trouble for, like, defacement of public something or other. I yeah. But it's not like all of his mom's friends or something know that it was him. Like, if he did it and it solved the problem and no right. one knows it was him, Your pothole's fixed, lady. Pipe Correct. down. Yeah. That's what I think. I get it, though. Like, I mean, there's a... What was it, a week they said it was fixed? Mm-hmm. I mean, you got a so, penis I mean, at the end of your driveway true. for a few days. I guess it was just days. in front of her house for... I wouldn't care. Drive over it. It's not your responsibility. I mean, sorry about it, but you didn't do it. Yeah, but guess what? Now there's not a pothole Someone's there and you're not going to get a flat tire. So yeah. really, you won. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't I, see I don't see the problem here. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if you could have done something less graphic, but it might Probably not. not. It wouldn't result. have gotten the same result. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So. Wow. Well. <laughs> That is a creative solution to a problem. <laughs> yeah. And not probably what I would have come up with, but... <laughs> probably not. I couldn't hey. see you doing that, no. No, I couldn't no, see I you doing do that. that. Okay, so mine's different. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, so, the title is, Am I the Asshole for Calling My Boyfriend When I'm On My Way Home? Okay. It says, simple title, I, 23 female, frequently call my boyfriend, 27 male, to tell him... That I'm on my way home from a place, usually work when I work until 10 p.m., always when I finish early. Nine out of ten times, I message first, and I don't always get a reply, so I call to make him aware. And he gets angry and irritated when I do so, because he will obviously know when I finish early by me appearing at home. Today, I finished at 9.15 p.m. instead of 10, and it took five calls and three messages to get through to him. And I said I finished early, which met a reply with, OMG, why do you do this? I will know when you walk through the door. I can't talk because I'm on the PC. To which I then ended the call because I don't want to listen to that. Now, there are a number number of reasons as to why I call. First is because sometimes he wants food brought back because he's hungry and won't cook for himself. The second and most important reason is because of how late it is. You get a lot of 
crappy drivers, racers, swervers, etc. And if I got into an accident, then he needs to know when to try and call me back if I'm not home in a certain amount of time. It takes me 10 minutes to get home, but I take a dual carriageway and a main one pretty much the whole way. I'm sorry. It takes her 10 minutes to get home, but she found the time to call him five times and leave three voicemails. Correct. Okay. Just confirming. If I finish at 8.30, for example, and don't call him or message to say I'm done and get into an accident on the way, then he won't notice I'm not back until 10.30. And if anyone tries to contact him on my behalf to say I've crashed the car and his excuse is I was gaming on the PC, then WTF. I spoke about it to him as soon as I got in tonight. I said, I know I've just got in but I need you to listen and basically explained what I said in the post and he said I'm not listening to this you can stop with that crap which I just asked for him to say okay and that he has acknowledged my words which he went effing fine now let me talk on my game and put his headset back on and carried on talking to his friends not sure if I'm being paranoid or downright crazy but am I the asshole honestly there's also yes. been three edits added. I don't know if you want those now or after your What opinion. do you think? Is it going to change my opinion? Probably. She is paranoid and crazy. Okay. That's a her issue. He's an asshole for a separate reason. Yes. The, and uh, that is the cussing at her because he wants to talk to his friend on his video game. And that I will never have any tolerance for. That is ridiculous. Stop being a child. Mm-hmm. Moving right along here, she's crazy and she's an idiot, and in this instance, she's the asshole. Yeah, That's it what says I everyone sucks, was the determination. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you live ten minutes away, and he doesn't really seem like the most considerate of individuals. No. So even if you did fly off into a ravine somewhere, he ain't calling, he ain't going, oh man, it's been ten minutes, she ain't home, yeah, because he's oblivious. He's, he's on the game. Games, he's yeah. like, it's gonna be midnight, and he's gonna go, oh shit. So whether you call him or not, it's not going to matter. Correct. If I was calling to see if Matt needed something on my way home, which sometimes I do, if I get, you know, out of work earlier than anticipated, mm-hmm. which is hardly ever, but, like, if I do get out of work at a decent time and I'm stopping somewhere, I'll be like, hey, do you need anything from the food line yeah. or whatever? And, you know, he always appreciates it. I would call a maximum of two times. If I don't get him the first time, when I first get to the store, I might call him in the checkout line just as mm-hmm. last-ditch effort to see if he needed anything or if there was something specific he wanted for dinner. Yeah. Five calls and three voicemails is too much. Yeah. Oh. oh. She's crazy. Yeah. So, edit number one. Okay. I guess I'm quite needy and I do sometimes get driving anxiety and do ask him to stay on the phone with me while I drive. Not even talking, but to know that someone is there, but will refuse to do so because he's gaming or watching something on his phone. Okay. But... He did message me a few minutes after I posted saying sorry, then came down about 20 minutes after, gave me a hug and apologized, to which I also apologized. I guess one call and one message at most is reasonable. Yeah. Not five and three. Yeah. I do still want judgments regardless of this edit. Please keep them coming. Thank you. Edit two. Oh. So he told me now I'd mentioned food to him. He was hungry for chicken nuggets after I returned home. Which, to be honest, is what my call was an attempt to prevent. He retreated back upstairs. He came back down later, just now, and asked what I was doing and had assumed I had gone out for the food he told me he wanted. I told him I wasn't going back out as my call was for me to get food on the way home, to which he grunted, said okay, and retreated back to his lair. 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 She used the word lair. Are those all of them? That's it. That's all the edits. 
Yeah, I stand by my she's needy and she's asshole and the driving anxiety. How do you live your life? Oh you go to talk to somebody about that. And then he's an asshole for a completely separate reason. Mm-hmm. And don't come to me and ask me to go back out for you when I tried to call you and you were a jerk about it. Yeah. Go get your own chicken nuggets. You've been sitting home gaming all day. All day. Does he have a job? I don't know. What's going on? I need more information. I always do. I always do. I always want more context. For sure. And sometimes you can look in the comments and it'll be like someone will put info and it's like they're asking for more information. So, I mean, maybe some of those questions are answered. I don't think it would change how I feel though. Yeah. So, I'm pretty much the same way. She's way too needy and he sounds like an absolute jerk. Yeah. I think their relationship isn't working for a number of reasons. part of the reason I chose this is because it actually reminds me of something that happened to me. Okay. With my first roommate. When we first moved in together, and I hadn't started work yet, she was already working, and we didn't have much in our apartment, and my phone was dying, and I plugged it up in the other room, and went and checked on it like a few hours later. I was watching TV, unpacking, I don't remember what I was doing. No. And she had called and texted me, I don't even know how many times, like so many times, Mm -hmm. freaking out. Mm -hmm. And I called her and I was like, yeah, I was like, hey, what's up? And she was like, I thought you were like dead. I thought something was wrong. I was been so worried that you haven't answered any of my messages. And I was like, literally my phone's been in the other room charging for a few hours. I'm sorry you're worried. But she's like, I almost called the cops because I was so concerned. And I was like... Don't you ever dare call the cops because I haven't texted you back in a few hours or answered a few phone calls. And this was like, we hadn't even moved all of our furniture in yet. This is like, we were just, just moving in together. Did you have an option? Did you have an option at that point? Like if you had decided like, "Mm, don't think this is going to work. Not really. And at Mm. this point I had known her for, I don't know, four, five years. And she. Do you think she'll ever listen to this? I don't know. She may or may not. Do you care? Not particularly. Where'd you meet her? At uh, her old job. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's at an old job, but she... I worked there for a long time. Yeah. I worked yeah, there for so a long time. Yeah, so you knew her pretty uh, well. Knew her really well. Yep. Worked with her for a long time, and we became really close friends, and she wanted to change the scenery, and I wanted to change the scenery, and I started going to school, so she moved with me, and... Like I said, we were really close for a long time, but I had to establish some boundaries pretty much right off the bat that we don't do that. That's a good thing that you did, because I know, I know things, and I know she's crazy, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we had to establish that pretty much from the get, from the get-go, because. Wow. It was too much. I was like, yeah. hey, we're two individuals, independent individuals living here together. We definitely can watch out for each other. This is too much. It would be one thing, I, like, we've talked about last episode, or maybe, I don't know, I think it was last episode, I've never had a roommate that wasn't my significant other, Mm -hmm. and I would worry more about my significant other than two people that are not in a partnership, two people that are living completely separate, linear, parallel lives, and if my roommate didn't come home when they usually did, I might be a little worried, but I might assume, like, hey, they ended up going out with friends, Mm -hmm. and got too drunk to drive and slept somewhere i don't know i would just be like hey like hope everything's okay let me know if you need anything and then i would wait if they were then missing again the following night the same time then i might call the cops 
Or maybe try to contact a family member yeah, so or another friend. It depends on your relationship. Like, we saw each other regularly. We talked every day. Like, we were friends on top of roommates. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, yeah, we can't. You can't. You can't do that. No. We're not going to do that. That's too much. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, I tried. we tried to keep each other up to date of, like, hey, I'm going to be gone tonight for dinner, just so we have, like, expectations of when to arrive. Yeah, it's but, just like, respect. Yeah, if I'm yeah. going to be coming in really late, just let you know, hey, I'm probably not going to be home till such and such a time, mm-hmm. just to so she doesn't get freaked out when I unlock the door and vice versa. Like, yeah. she would go places and then whatever. But, yeah, I was like, we're not doing that, so we're not going to do that. That's not happening. Yeah, rightfully so. It's a no for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so... That uh, reminded me of that. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Felt familiar. Yeah. Except she had, that girl had more of a right to do it than your old roommate did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there it is. There it is. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Is yours longer now? Mine's longer, yeah. Okay, mine's really short. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Wearing my hair up when I go to sleep or wearing a hoodie to sleep. And I know that we have very differing opinions on this. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I wear a hoodie to sleep, a small child is trying to constrict my airway and choke me to death all night. Okay. I also get a headache if my hair is up and the way it like flops around and pulls out, it's just uncomfortable. I won't do it. I The only way I'll sleep with my hair up in any fashion is if it is braided. And even still, sometimes I'll have to take that out in the middle of the night because it's pulling on my head. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. And it s- steals my peace Okay. at night if I do that. So, Up until recently, I always slept with my hair. I know. Uh, sleepy time bun. Yeah, sleepy time bun. You see it sometimes mm-hmm. when I come to work in the morning. Sleepy time bun. I know. Because um, I haven't quite made a new one yet. Which is um, insane to me. You just walk on up in there <laughs> with your cockeyed bun. I fixed it before the and day I gets know. started. I know, but I look at you and I'm like, <laughs> sometimes I'm just like, ooh, slept a little rough last night, yeah. did you? Um, I move around a lot when I sleep. Yeah. Whenever I wear my hair down, I feel like it's choking me. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm being suffocated by my own hair. Mm-hmm. Because my hair is pretty long. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's not as crazy long right now as it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. And I flip and I toss and I turn. And it just gets all wrapped up. And then I feel little hairs on my face. And there's hairs wrapped around my neck. And the, mm. it feels itchy to me. And it's just, it's, I don't like it. When I had long hair, I just developed, because I had long hair for most of my life. I can count, since I was a small child and my mom cut my hair short, I can count twice that I have cut my hair short. Only two times. And right now is one of mm-hmm. them. And... Uh, I actually prefer my hair shorter now, but I have always had really long hair, and I guess I've just developed, like, a way of flinging my head so that, like, when I roll over, so that it doesn't wrap around me like that, but I have always had issues with, like, Matt. Mm -hmm. I'd wake up, and he'd be, like, laying on my hair, and I'm like, I'm dying. So, that is one definite bonus that Matt said right away when I cut my hair, because he was like, yeah, I like it, like, whatever. Either way, I don't think he really cares. Like, he loves me, and... I could shave my head and it'd probably be fine. I'm not going to do that. Don't worry. But <laughs> I don't want to speak on his behalf either. So uh, email us, Matt, at the podcast at gmail.com and let me know if you would still love me if I shaved my head. But that was one of the bonuses. He was like, hey, bonus, I won't mm-hmm. lay on your hair in the middle of the night anymore. Which and I was like, yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's definitely an added bonus. Yeah, because yeah, sometimes like 
when we're like cuddling or whatever, he'll pull on my hair. Like it gets pulled. Yeah. And it's terrible. Yeah. So I. But the bun is like a constant pulling of it anyway. Well, I mean, there's, I, I'm not doing buns very much anymore. Now I either sleep with my hair down and I'm just starting to try and get kind of used to it. Or I will try and sleep with my hair in braids. Mm. But I'm not very good at French braiding. Or I'm not, I'm not bad at it, but it's incredibly time consuming. It is. So I don't usually have the energy after my night shower to braid my hair. So sometimes I'll just do like a three strand down braid. Mm. Like just loose so that it's comfy and that's usually the comfiest way for me to sleep because I'm not doing messy buns anymore but you're right there occasionally be like one hair that was pulling in my messy bun and I would have to kind of adjust it and pull tension and pressure off different sides of it mm-hmm. yeah because it could be painful and if it was too loose then it's flopping too much then I'd have to tighten it up so it definitely Thus was adding more work for yeah. you well there's Proving a reason my point. I don't wear buns anymore is because it's breaking all of my little hairs off yeah have you seen an improvement I don't know, have you? I feel like I have. Like, right think, now I'm looking at you I think and there's less flyaways. But like, they all have to grow in long yeah, enough to be put up. Yeah, they're growing in, I think. I yeah, don't I think have so. quite as many. Like, even when I wear a bun, I don't feel like I have as much halo fuzz. So, <laughs> I do think I'm seeing an improvement. Um, but it is hard. It's a hard instinct to fight against. I've worn yeah. a messy bun for the, like, as long as I can remember. Yeah. So, it's been a, bad, a really hard habit to break, but... I'd say since I started this, I've probably worn a messy bun like three or four times. Pretty pretty spaced out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually just like I don't have much at my disposal and I just need to get it out of the way. Mm-hmm. But I understand. It's, it's, I'm not found a way that I'm like super comfortable with except for just like a down three strand braid. Yeah. But it is what it's it fair. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I've always had long hair. But I just toss and turn a lot. Too much. Oh, yeah, I do too. So. All right. Well, mine is a little more intense, and it's akin to yours from the last episode. And this is talking about freeze-drying animals. Yeah. So, Emma knows about this. I because hate it. I saw it. I hate it. In one of the vet tech groups I'm a part of, someone posted and said that someone had called asking about freeze-dried animals. Their, their animal that had passed away, they wanted to do that. And I had never heard of that before. So, I looked it up. And found a bunch of information on it and shared it with my coworkers against their will. Uh, so yeah, I did not consent to that. Yeah. So freeze drying is a means of preservation that removes all moisture from the body tissues, leaving them virtually intact. Mm. So it pretty much does a low temp vacuum over a long period of time to get everything dried out, and then it just looks pretty much the same as if your animal was just sleeping. You can choose, I guess, how they're like positioned or whatever, but as natural a state as possible. It is the only preservation process that retains all of your pet's natural features for a truly realistic look. Okay. But the eyeballs. Well, it's not going to preserve I those. Don't know about They're the eyeballs. Ma- mostly Most water. Most of them have their eyes closed. Fluid, I mean. The pictures that I'm looking at. So it says, what do you do? I need to do if I want to have my pet freeze dried. So no, it's just some, I won't do it. There's just some outline for that. Um, and then how to decide if this is the right decision for you. And then how do I care for my pet during its second life? So this freeze dried, this, this, uh, this this. is called second life. That's the company's name. Um, Oh my God. It says when your pet is finished and ready to go home. You will have the option of scheduling a pickup or have it packed and shipped back to you for actual cost incurred via your preferred carrier or whatever. 
Um, your pet will retain its original size and shape indefinitely and will look very much like they did when they were alive. In many ways, you can treat them that way by petting or gently brushing their fur as needed. <clears throat> it is most important to keep your pet away from excess moisture and areas of high humidity. Avoid placing them in direct sunlight for long periods of time as well, as this will cause fading of the fur. With a little care, protection from weather, bugs, and the elements, you'll be able to enjoy your pet's <clears throat> second life indefinitely. Yeah, protect them from the bugs. There are many reasons why I hate this. This conversation isn't going to be as passionate as it was the first time we had it. But I hate this for many reasons. And a couple of them are, A, I have a hard time deciding what position that it would be in. Okay? And I would probably pick standing up on all fours because I feel like it's the most versatile. And I know we've talked about this. And especially for Moose. And Moose is always going to be who I'm talking about. Probably what I'm talking about. Which pet. Because I love him too much. He lays with all of his four legs extended out. Like he's dying anyway. Mm, on does. his side. Yes. He does it all day at work. And that's. I could put him laying down like that. And it would look like natural Moose. However. Mm-hmm. This is what I worry about. I worry about my future animals gnawing on the freeze-dried meat of my previous pet. I also worry about, I don't know if you've ever seen freeze-dried fruit, Mm freeze-dried dog treats, freeze-dried any, you know, it reminds me of astronaut ice cream, the texture. And I'm like, I'm going to snap a leg off. I'm going to snap a leg off and I'm going to be mortified. You're supposed to be gentle with them. I am not gentle with anything. I cannot... Oh my god. I just can't imagine there's snapping a, a limb a off whole, and it oh my god. There's a whole no. a whole photo gallery if you were interested in looking. I'm good. I But they're not no. all sleeping. Some of them are sitting up and I guess they're Oh no. I don't like it. Well and look, this one you can tell that they were old and decrepit when they died. Oh my god, the chihuahua. Oh that one's cute. What's that? What is that? What's that? Is that the tongue? I think it's supposed to be. It's yellow. I'm not doing it, Cassidy. I'm not doing it. I'm not. No. No. So, also, this is pretty expensive. For the record. Let's find some. Well, the human, you want to know how much the human composting was? It was like seven grand. Well, I mean, that's about on. It's less than a funeral if you include, like, burial and a headstone. So, for a one to four pound dog or cat, it's $1,200. No. For a 16 to 20 pound dog or cat, it's $2,500. Then they have a specific um, breakdown for guinea pigs, $500. Ferret, $600. Call for pricing. That's just very specific. These are (laughs) wild animals. So this is if you want to look at him. Oh my god, it's a bear. Now see, that's kind of cool. It's not a bear. Oh, what is it? It's like a meat weasel kind of thing. Excuse me, it's a weasel. Um, It looked like a big old bear. She's not limited to standard taxidermy forms. She can work with you to create that one-of-a-kind small animal mount for wild animals. I want one of a wild wild animal. animal. You can open mouth at 150. Like this. Custom painted. (laughs) Go find yourself a squirrel. Do you want to pay $300 for that squirrel? No. That's how much it would be to do a squirrel. Okay. Mink's 300. Ermine is 175. What the hell's an ermine? It's a type type of mink weasel situation. Okay. Fisher. I don't know what a fisher is, but 500 to 750 lower price for small females, higher price for large males. Okay. Fox is 1,000. 
Yeah, fox. Snakes are four fifty up to three feet. Additional fifty dollars per foot. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair. Deer feet. Specific. Just deer feet. Deer feet. Just the feet. Forty dollars a pair. Velvet antlers, a hundred and up. Call for specific pricing. Snowshoe hair, five hundred and fifty dollars for basic sitting pose. Apparently, that's something co- that they commonly have requests for. Um, and then they have pricing for fawns. 700 for basic lying pose, eyes open or closed, 8 pounds or less. Add $25 for each additional pound. Okay. It's expensive. It's, it's expensive, expensive, and I joked about having it done on a wild animal. I would never have that done because my an- my other animals would eat it. Just my cat alone. I She's know. ravenous. Well, She's so food motivated. She's going to be gnawing on it. you know, to each their own. Sure. There are some people... That this would bring them great comfort in their grieving. Yes, everybody grieves differently. Everybody grieves differently. And in our line of work, we have to be very cognizant of that. We do. Um, and compassionate. Compassionate for how, whatever people need to do to cope with the loss of a loved one. Or Absolutely. A pet. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, to each their own, this may be for you. It's this, not for me. Not It's not for me. Um, it's very expensive. And I would constantly be either freaked out or yeah. saddened. By seeing what looked like my alive pet and then having to remember it all over again, mm-hmm. JK, they're dead. Mm-hmm. Because really, if you think about it, when you're grieving the loss of a pet, you see them sometimes like out of the corner of your eye yeah, anyway absolutely. and stuff like that. To actually see it, I think would be painful to be me. very upset. I worry more about the integrity of the piece being lost for various reasons that yeah. I've already mentioned. And then I, you have nothing left. Right? And then you, you have, have to, nothing you left. You have to preserve something out off of it. Right, and yeah. there are plenty of people who don't even get remains back when their pet's remains mm-hmm. are taken care of, and that's totally okay, too. That's not me, and I, I might feel that differently about pets that I have in the future because, I mean, how many cremated pets can you really have laying around? I don't know. Yeah. I've not had that many. I only have one cremated pet here right now because all the rest of the pet's that I've ever had have either been buried or are still alive. So, yeah. most will buried. Yeah. yeah, I mean, all the ones I have right now will probably be cremated. Matt always, his family has always planted trees for their pets. You know where they're buried, but I'm like, what if we don't live here forever? Mm-hmm. I mean, and so I don't know what we would do for doggy, but for moose and new and pigeon, they'll be cremated and. I, you know, they also have where they can turn ashes into, like, things like a glass paperweight or a diamond. Jewelry. Yeah. yeah. And I would be afraid for the same thing for those, too. Like, my cat's going to knock that damn paperweight off the dresser. I know it. It's going to shatter, and I'm going to be livid. So, why don't I just avoid that, you know, and Mm -hmm. just cremate my pet and maybe get a little necklace to dump a little bit of them into i don't know that's that now and that might be weird for somebody else yeah, yeah everybody so you know everybody teach does their it differently own. i've sure. not had to as a person who's now moved off of my parents land i've not had to deal with the loss of a pet yeah i don't know i'll probably get them cremated who mm-hmm. knows who knows i don't know cross that bridge when we get there yep I've already planned it out because I know I will I be able to do it. it I've only planned it for moose and it's because I'm insane, number one. Number two, I love them too much. And number three, I will not be competent enough to do it then. Mm-hmm. So it's planned. So you got that out of the way. Yeah. All right. Next segment. Next segment is... is Songs of Our Time for 1999. Sure is. What do you got? You want me to go first? Yeah. I have... I hope you know this band, but you might not. I have 12 Feet Deep by the Front Bottoms. 
I've heard of the front poems. The front poems are good. I think you'll like them. It's more upbeat than most of what you listen to. Most of their stuff is, but I think you'll like the content in their yeah. songs. So yeah, 12 Feet Deep by the Front Bottoms. Nice. I love the Front Bottoms. They're another band that, like, there's not really anything I don't like by them that I've heard, so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mine is Zach Bryan. Of course it is. Of course it is. Lainey asked me if I was going to ever mm-hmm. do a song by him, and I was like, I love yeah, Zach Bryan, good. too. Well, I'm just trying to stay away from the your vibe. Yeah, Because I'm like, she's she, she's got this um, covered. So, he, like, really was the beginning of the vibe this time around. Yeah. I've had, like, my, whatever I'm into changes occasionally, but, um. Does it? Vibe, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. It does. Changes. I, I used to do a it's lot It's been of, the same as long as I've known you. Well, you haven't known me for super long. Not super long, but it's been um, a few years. But I, like, I went through a really rock phase with a okay. bunch of, like, Breaking Benjamin. I saw them live. Oh, like, pop uh, Three Days Grace. Mm. Yeah. Those kinds of things. So I listened to them for, that was my main for quite a while. Mm -hmm, Uh, But now we're on the vibe. And I saw Zach Bryan on TikTok. No one's surprised by that. No. I came across his song, Quittin' Time. Yeah, Um, that's a good one. Yep, Quittin' Time on TikTok. And that was the first time. And I loved the banjo. And then I Mm -hmm. went and started searching for his music and quickly became obsessed. So... Something in the Orange is the most popular song by him. It's been used. It's all over TikTok. He also has some music on the show Yellowstone. And actually, he was on an episode of Yellowstone as a musician. Couldn't get into it, but... That's fair. So, but he's actually been on Yellowstone, and they've used a good bit of his music. But I I started listening to him before I started watching the show. Yeah. But Quitting Time is one of my Mm. more... He just recently actually released it. Okay. On to Spotify, so and then I know I know Lainey and I bonded over that. The mm-hmm. first one of the first times I went driving with Lainey, we got in the car and she was like, "I don't know if you like my music. Do you know Zach Bryan?" And I had just discovered him and had listened to a ton of his music, and I was like, "I know him and I love him. Let's listen to it." Mm-hmm. But yeah, "Quitting Time" by Zach Bryan mm-hmm. is what I'm gonna choose. It was hard for me because there's so many, and something in the orange is one of my favorites. Oh, I can put that on there too. Um, but Lainey was like, don't do that one because that's what everyone already knows. So that's fair. So what? We got the way of the trying God on there, okay? We're going to put something in the orange also. Yeah. But yeah, Quit in Time, it's good. It's got banjo. It's got the vibe. I don't think he's like the most incredible vocalist I've ever heard. No, but something about the rawness yes, of it. he's so raw. Mm-hmm. And he obviously has a talent for writing songs. Like, yeah. He's a fantastic songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very compelling. You want to listen to him sing because he's like telling a story. Mm-hmm. Um. So I really enjoy it, but Quentin Time. I really like Zach Bryan yeah, as well. He's good. Heading South was another one that was a contender. It's a good one for too. me to choose. Obviously, there was a bunch of contenders because I like his music. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely going to try and jump around in and out of the vibe. NF was leaving the vibe. Yeah, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Well, I will like it. I know. Ceilings I by Lizzie McAlpine was a little leaving the vibe. Um, still somber. Yeah, still, still somber because I guess that's my that's my overall vibe. Somber. <laughs> so, I guess. Uh, minor key. Yeah. Even, like, the rock music I listen to. I'm it? just so all over the place, man. Which, all oh, you can tell now yeah. from the six episodes and the, mm-hmm. my suggestions, but... Yeah. I go from, like, one thing to another, and then sometimes I get stuck in it, and, and the vibe that you're in is usually most frequently when I get stuck mm-hmm. in, like, folky. And actually, when I was ma- trying to make, like, sample sounds for a segment 
transitions, mm -hmm. I was like, ooh, let me do one with a banjo. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my... That's what I got. That's what I got for this episode. God, it's already 8 o'clock. I'm so yeah. sorry. It's okay. All right, well, see you next time. <laughs>